before we get into the show, we just want everyone to know how excited we are for the show. We finally got our friend Katie on from Australia, and we worked for weeks, didn't we? When we had a really good time recording with Katie. Yeah, we kept working and working to get her on. And, and it was through the time difference, and so excited to get her on. And the stuff she talks about is great. As we're going back and listening to it, we didn't do our part to make sure that the sound was as good, and so our recording isn't as good as we would like, but the content, we feel like, is as good. Yeah, she's she's definitely like a born salesman. She Everywhere she was talking about, I was like, yes, I need to go there. Or I need to try that food. Like everything she talked about, I was just like, I need to try that. Yeah. So everything she says is great. Their stories are just insightful and entertaining. We got some things we thought were really funny. We just asked to be patient with it. Give give it a second because I feel like audio gets better as you get into a little bit. Give it a a shot because she really is good. And we're going to have her. We already know we're going to have her on again just because she's got so much to talk about. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. She's she's a lot of fun. It was my first time meeting her and I had a blast talking to her. So everyone's going to enjoy hearing your stories. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the seatbelt sign and you are free to move around the cabin. The lights remind you though, for your safety, please keep your seatbelt fastened. Non-Rev Lounge is a travel and aviation podcast. Tyler and Monique are siblings that both work for a major airline in Phoenix, Arizona. During this podcast, they will discuss using their flight benefits to travel the world, as well as talk about things that happen at work. They have guests on almost every week to share their travels and stories, leaving tips on the best places to travel or things to do. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Non-Rev Lounge. My name's Tyler. And my name's Winnie. We're excited for our first international guest on our show. Her background is perfect for us. So anyway, so we're looking forward to get to know her a little more, get her perspective on her love of aviation and traveling. So I got to know Katie from Instagram. She shares the love of aviation photography like I do. And after following her account and seeing how much she loves to travel, I know she'd be a perfect guest for us. Katie runs two Instagram accounts that you should go check out. The first is travel.escape.explore. And that's her own photos, her travel. A lot of great stuff, and you could tell that she's been all over the world. The second account she does is a, a repost account where she takes great po- photos from other people and she shares them on that account. And that one's called Golden Aviation Photography, Golden underscore Aviation underscore Photography. And we'll put those links in our on social media and on the show notes for this. And everything she shares has been taken during the, the golden hour of aviation. So, And I've been lucky to a few times she shared a few of my photos. She gets a lot of people that see those. They're really good photos from all over the world. It's really a great account. Because they're your pictures? <laughs> a few of them are. <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> I think we both really love those kind of photos. I mean, I'm out there every day at work when the sun's setting. That's my favorite time. So I love sunrise, sunset, and golden hour. It's just that they both, they're all beautiful times of the day. That's why I started the account. Yeah, so we'll have both of those links on. So go find Katie on those Instagram accounts and follow those and check out her travels. So welcome to the show, Katie. We're excited to have you. So much for having me. Good day, everyone from Sydney, Australia. Hope we can have a laugh and you'll find some of my non-revving stories funny and I hope I can share some tips with you as well. Perfect. So Monique wanted you to ask you if you would say something before we get started because I told you you have a pretty good um, Australian accent. What do you want to ask her? It's so stupid. It's just like the normal American thing. I just want to hear you say, put shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Good day, mate. Put another shrimp on the barbie. It's so good. I love <laughs> <laughs> we could be done now. And we you know what we don't call them shrimp. We, we call them prawn. We don't call shrimp. So that was that was to, uh, that was a big tourism Australia marketing campaign following um, 
on the success of the movies Crocodile Dundee. Classics. Yeah, classics. And that's why Tourism Australia used you know, the Croc Dundee character for those advertisements and, you know, spoke with the, with American language, so to speak, using the word shrimp instead of prawn. So does it, just, do you, does it kind of irk you then to hear it that way or is, are you cool with it? No, no, we totally get it that it was obviously designed to, you know, for an American audience. And if we'd said put another prawn on the Barbie, it wouldn't have had the same impact. So because <laughs> <laughs> we all feel like they're doing what? <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing, you know, it's probably one of the most successful Tourism Australia campaigns ever. So it, it did the job. All right, well, I'm done. I'll say it again at the end if you want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Katie, why don't you tell us how you first got into the aviation industry and what airlines you've worked for? Sure. So my first role in the aviation industry was in 2002, and it was actually following the SARS pandemic in Singapore. I was working for a Singaporean-based hotel chain, and they, because of the impact of that pandemic, SARS, I was losing my full-time role and it was going to be part-time. So that prompted me to look for a job elsewhere. And there was a sales executive role available at Air Canada in Sydney. And I thought, oh, I've always, you know, loved traveling. I've always loved aviation. I could see myself working for an airline and, and I applied and the rest is history. So I worked for Air Canada based in Sydney and that was back when Air Canada was flying daily to Vancouver via Honolulu. We had to do the pit stop and the transit in Hawaii and then on to Vancouver. From there, I went to work for Singapore Airlines. And again, I've always been in sales roles. So I was in a sales role there as well. And then I left aviation for a little while and then came back to aviation. I started to work for Gulf Air, uh, the Middle Eastern area. However, not long after I started, they decided they'd pull out of Australia, which was terrible timing for me. I was made redundant. But that led me on to United Airlines. And I was actually at United for almost eight years in Sydney. And that's really where I cement my aviation career and also, you know, began a real romance with America and North America in general, traveling over there, you know, at least a few times a year. And then from there, I went on to work for Virgin Australia for a little while and was a little bit of a shell shock after working with one of the world's largest global carriers like United, going to work for a relatively small domestic Aussie carrier. Virgin Australia. So it wasn't me for the long run. And then I landed at American Airlines. I was the National Corporate Sales Manager at American in Australia in Sydney for about two and a half years. And then sadly, I was made redundant from American when the Qantas joint venture was finally approved by the DOT. Uh, American halved the sales team in Australia, obviously, because they could also utilize the Qantas sales team here. So it was a very sad day for me because I did, I did love that job. But yeah, so my experience in aviation has spanned across 15 years and several different carriers and I'm, I'm missing it. It's quite the resume. It is, yeah. <laughs> and I thought I would try, you know, a different part of the aviation industry and I started to work with Qantas Travel Insurance. However, due to COVID, I, you know, that position was made redundant last year. So I was there a year and now I'm not working in the industry. The industry here has been severely impacted by COVID because our international borders have been closed for uh, not just non essential travel, but even for most Australians, even wanting, you know, to get overseas and see loved ones, we basically have to have a government approved reason to travel out of Australia. And when we return, we have to isolate at our own expense in a hotel for two weeks. So that's obviously stopping a lot of Australians from leaving, but also stopping people visiting who obviously can afford to, to pay, you know, a thousand bucks and, and quarantine for two weeks in a hotel once they land. So the, the, the travel industry and aviation in particular has been severely impacted by COVID here. Uh, great news is that our domestic borders are at least starting to open because a lot of those have been closed over the last 12 months too. 
Yeah, it's been pretty crazy following Australia in general, just, just how much different it is. You guys have done a great job keeping the cases low, but there's the, the consequences not to go anywhere, so for travel. Yeah, that's right. The consequences have been obviously to our industry and, and the loss of jobs and things like that. But you're right. We're very lucky. We're very safe. Life is pretty much normal. You know, COVID cases are extremely low. And if we're going to be stuck on an island, Australia isn't a bad island to be stuck on. So hopefully the borders open up soon. And, you know, everyone of you listening that's not Australian, come visit very, very soon. And bring our money. Bring your US dollars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> your US dollars are worth more than the Aussie dollar. So you will gain. I think we have three listeners in, in England. So they've got good oh, money yeah. for you too. Bring those two. Your, your euros and your pounds, you know, <laughs> they're all worth more here. So yeah, when you come, please come and spend up big. So let's get into your non-rev because you've worked for a lot of airlines. So you've non-rev for a number of them. So first off, living in Sydney, but having everyone else be like both of us live in a hub. Like we live where there's a lot of flights, but you live and work. So what is that like? Is that, yeah. you, you don't live close to where you, everywhere you go to get a flight. It's not like you have, yeah, so. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, work for, international carriers in non-hub airports is very different because obviously you're very limited as to where you fly with your own carrier you know but also if you if you are able to buy Z fares and, and fly on partner airlines then your boarding priority is you know often very low compared to staff of that airline based here or based elsewhere and, and flying out, out of this airport so you know it is more difficult to get on flight when you're when you're limited to not only the carrier fly but also the number of flights you know for example when I was at American Airlines, there's just one flight a day from LA to Sydney. So if you don't get on, you know, it's a whole other day before you can try again. And that's very much the case with a lot of the international carriers in, in non-hub, you know, and home markets. So it makes it interesting. You really do have to keep your eye on, on the loads and you really do have to use your friendships in the industry as well. Because if you can't check loads, then, you know, you are really leading up your friends in the other airlines to check loads for you and tell you where you are on, on, on the list. You know, it means you have to be prepared and you have to be prepared to wait a long time well i bet especially like your peak season like i bet right now is if you know this time of year would be because everyone's going to australia in our winter your summer yeah so i bet those flights are pretty pretty full trying to get there yeah and now summer vacation starts mid-december goes through until the first week of feb so the kids at school here have just gone back to school so generally speaking from the start of december through until the end of january it's peak peak summer travel time for us outbound inbound you know wherever you're trying to fly is, is hectic and fares are expensive if you don't get on and have to buy a ticket last oh wow yeah <laughs> that sounds bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because don't forget like where you're flying you know it's minimum unless you're flying domestically within australia you're looking minimum three and a half hours to get to fiji or new zealand you're looking from sydney minimum you know kind of seven six and a half seven hours to get to bali you look at minimum nine hours non-stop to phuket thailand from sydney we're not talking short flights either when you want to travel it abroad from australia yeah those are big old flights yeah most of those are. yeah yeah so can you tell us about either one or two of your favorite non-rev trips and can go to the details of where you went and what airlines you took and what you did there yeah okay i, I know i know looking at your instagram account you've been all, all over europe i mean the states a lot but I mean, you've been everywhere. Well. yeah asia yeah so, so what are some of your favorite ones that kind of stand out 
Well, one of my favorite non-rev trips was actually on Goldfair. And it was after I was made redundant because part of the package of the redundancy was that I got two upgradable standby tickets to anywhere in the Goldfair network. I just had to get to Bangkok, Thailand to join the network because, of course, they pulled out of Sydney. So myself and my husband, we, we bought some tickets on Thai to get to Bangkok. And because I was no longer employed in the industry, they were just cheap, nasty, you know, non-changeable, non-flexible, bottom-of-the-barrel tickets. I'm surprised we even had a seat. But it may, it meant that we got to Bangkok and then we non-revved on Gulf Air and we were trying to get to Athens to go to the Greek islands. That meant we had to fly uh, Gulf Air from Bangkok via Bahrain in the Middle East and on to Athens. And it took a couple of tries out of Thailand. But as you can imagine, Bangkok's not a bad place to get stuck. It's probably one of the most vibrant and eclectic and crazy Asian cities. And it did take us a whole day. We ended up having to overnight, and but we made it the next day and we went on to Bahrain. And the connection to Athens was terrible. We had nine-hour layover Bahrain. And it was like the movies. You get there and it's just the heat, like 50 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is. That's like 120 Fahrenheit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the sand and the shape of the building. Yeah, we were, were... The good thing is that we had access to a hotel that time. And Bahrain itself was just incredible like it was you felt like you were in a movie in the middle east and then we were lucky we got on the flight to athens and we ended up getting over to over to the greek islands we flew from athens to Mykonos on a really small plane and that that was a bumpy flight the wind it was august it was august 2008 and the winds in the greek islands then are horrendous so it yeah it was like it was a bumpy ride but we made it so that was a very convoluted way to get to Mykonos was to fly sydney bangkok bank bahrain bahrain Athens, Mykonos, but we got there. That's quite the trip to get there, all those stops. And so Monique may not care, but I do. So what what kind of airplanes does, did Gulf fly? Were they, are they big like Dreamliners or 767? Do you remember? Yeah. So, oh, actually, I'm not sure. It was either it was either a 76 or an A340 out of Sydney. I'd have to look it up. Sorry. Oh, cool. Um, it definitely wasn't a Dreamliner because we're talking 2008 oh, here. okay. So <laughs> yeah. come <Yeah>. on, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Dreamliner. <laughs> when I was at United, you know, United was the North American kind of first first North American carrier to launch the Dreamliner 787. We flew that out of Melbourne, actually. So I was working for United when United launched that Melbourne nonstop LA service with that first Dreamliner that they that they had delivered. And that was an exciting time. We had people from Boeing come down under and talk to us about, you know, why Dreamliner aircraft was special and how it was different and, and how it was perfect for this market being such a long haul, you know, destination. We're so far from everywhere. I bet that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really cool. That was Tell us about the Greek islands because you said you, you went there, but what is there? What why should like we go? Like what what did you go? What what is it? Oh, I went to Mik- uh, so Mykonos is more of the party island and you know, there's a lot of clubs and great bars. It's got the beautiful white buildings with all the colored beautiful blue colored shutters and the you know, the toys water and the beautiful laneways with, you know, alfresco seating spilling out and little boutique shops and it's just a real party atmosphere and we hired a motorbike and drove around the island and stayed somewhere beautiful and had cocktails it was great and then we also went to Santorini Santorini the island of Santorini is basically built on an old 
in the, on the mouth of an old volcano. And it's more of a romantic, slow-paced island. It's it's more for couples and honeymoons and it's got some amazing pebbled beaches with red cliff faces and then you've got the white, the white, white sands as well. So there's lots of other islands to go to, but they're the two that we visited. That sounds beautiful. And yeah. I definitely recommend the Greek islands. Yeah, definitely. If you've seen Mamma Mia, the movie, right? <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. Like, I'm picturing Mamma Mia and that's kind of what it yeah. is. That's yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Remind us what time, what time of year did you go? Is that a good, was that the good time, the best time? That was August. So yeah, it's kind of, that's the end of their summer you know you're getting towards the shoulder starting to cool down a little bit because it can get really 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 super hot there but take a puke bag because the flight's going to be bumpy the flights from athens over to the smaller islands yeah it gets bumpy especially in august september they have high winds yeah Uh, another experience we had was so when i was at united um back then united used to fly you know twice or thrice weekly from Cairns, which is up the northern tip of Australia, up in northern Queensland, and um, used to fly twice or thrice weekly to Guam. So Guam, you know, a hub for United, and it's, you know, it's a dot of an island that sits between Papua New Guinea and um, Japan on the map. And we wanted to take, we've got two kids, we want to take the kids um, to Japan to go skiing and snowboarding on the island of Nida. And so we flew to Guam from Cairns. We non-revved and then got Cairns and then we non-revved because back then United was flying to nine destinations in Japan directly from Guam. So we got ourselves to Saipolo um, and we had the best time skiing in in Japan. And then on the way back, we got to Guam, but this tropical storm blew in and it was exactly like you see in the movies, the palm trees bent over and, you know, the wind, the rain, it was like a cyclone, but they called it a tropical storm. Because we were only flying, I think, twice weekly back, I got stuck for a week with oh. the hubby and the kids on Guam. But the storm subsided pretty quickly and Guam is like what Honolulu was, I don't know, 50 years ago. It's it's a beautiful island, you know, again, turquoise water and I was working for United and when we were actually in Japan, I'd met a bunch of United staff who were based in Asia and also based in Guam. And one of them was a captain and, you know, I befriended him and his wife and they heard that we were stuck on Guam. And so we ended up hanging out with them for almost a week. We stayed in a hotel, but they let us over and do all of our laundry at their place. And, <laughs> you know, we've remained friends ever since. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we did get home eventually, but what was supposed to be like a one-week vacation ended up being a week of winter and skiing in Japan, but then a week on this beautiful tropical island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean as well. So, yeah, my boss at the time at United, she kind of said to me, trust you, Kate, to get another week's vacation without applying for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to ask if you got in trouble because that would be a long time to... Yeah, no, I guess, you know, because it was such a severe storm and, and the whole network out of Guam was affected and it was not something that we had anticipated. So you were packed for skiing and then you ended up at the beach. Did, did you yeah. go buy swimming suits or did yeah. you just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. You know, like in Hawaii, there's a, there's an ABC store on most corners in Guam. So, you know, we were ABCing and buying towels and <laughs> everything we possibly could, yeah. So like real eat. tourists. Just yeah. buying everything at the ABC <laughs> we were, store. We, we didn't do the matchy-matchy thing, you know. Like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like matchy-matchy. No, matchy. Oh, do you? <laughs> Usually we talk about going to like Albuquerque for our trips, but you're going to Japan. Guam. 
yeah, 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 your places are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is that's on that sounds like you had a blast. But you made the best of kind of a, a tough situation. So we were talking earlier today, Monique said, Would you rather get stuck in Hawaii or New York? But it sounds like we're only stuck in Guam. Yeah, we need to get stuck in Guam is where we need to get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be friendlier with our coworkers so we have places to help wash our clothes and stuff too. Yeah, that's right. But also the crew, you know, never underestimate chatting with crew. I've got another really good story. When I was at United again, so we would generally have our um, our global sales meetings in Chicago. And most of the time it was like January, February, so it was freezing. So we would always try and go somewhere perhaps a little bit warmer or somewhere fun after that. And I wanted to go to Vegas. I'd never been to Vegas. And my husband blew up. He flew up to Sydney to LA and he got on the flight and he got business class, which was great. And then he flew, he non-revved then onto Vegas. And I was supposed to fly from Chicago after the conference to Vegas to meet him. And I tried every flight for, there were nine flights and I could not get on. So I was checking, checking the loads and I could see if I got on from Chicago to San Francisco, I get the very last flight out of San Francisco. There were 16 seats available. And I, you know, I, if I listed, I was, I was bound to get on. So I said to my husband, right, I'm going to fly via San Francisco. It means I won't get to, um, Vegas until early the next morning, but you know, you'll be right. Have fun in Vegas. So I got on the flight and I'm on the way to San Francisco and I'm watching with Wi-Fi the flight from San Fran to Vegas just fill up, fill up, fill up, oh. fill up. My name's going back down the list, back down the list. Because even with like seven years of, you know, um, seniority at United, you know, boarding is based on seniority. So if anyone with more than seven years, which was a lot back then at, at UA, they were always pipping me, right? They were getting, pipping me at the post, sorry. They were, their boarding priority was higher. Anyway, I, I got chatting to this beautiful flight attendant. She was so lovely. And I asked her, look, look. As I'm getting close to the San Fran, it's looking like I'm not going to get on this flight. What's the cheapest hotel close to the airport that I can just, you know, crash in and then come in the morning and get, you know, list myself for the first flight? It was like 5 a.m. from San Francisco. And she's like, look, she gave me some advice. And then as we're getting off flight, she said to me, you know, here's my number. If you don't get on the flight, call me and I'll help you. And I said, thank you so much, you know. Anyway, I, I... got off the flight I ran to the gate I did not get on the flight to Vegas and I called her and she was like you know what she said I had a feeling you weren't going to get on she goes I've waited for you she said I have a perfectly comfortable sofa she said why don't you come crash at mine she goes you can you can you know borrow some clothes if necessary and she said I'm starting an early shift tomorrow anyway I'll even drive you back I was blown away by her kindness and, you know, I thought, well, why not? And that's what I did. So I went, I wish I remembered her name because I did. I went back to her place. You know, she gave me, she gave me uh, clothes to change into. She had all these beautiful little amenity kits from different hotels that she stayed in around the world. (laughs) She set, she set the alarm and then she drove me back to the airport the next morning and I got on the flight and, you know, was finally in Vegas. But yeah, I've never forgotten her kindness. And from that day on, I've always uh, remember to pack a clean pair of underwear in my carry-on no matter how good the flight is look because you just never know what's gonna happen <laughs> that's pretty incredible yeah she let you come stay with her and she waited for it that's awesome we need to start being nicer to people we do she, need was to be so <laughs> she was so lovely i mean she knew i was from the other side of the world as well so i guess that helped <laughs> i don't know maybe we're jaded over here i feel like we're told not to pick up hitchhikers and that seems kind of like the ultimate hitchhiker <laughs> come back to my house yeah. <laughs> I mustn't. I obviously don't look like a serial killer, so that's a good thing. <laughs> you didn't have those crazy eyes. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, they, I do have the crazy eyes, but I'm not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about COVID a little bit affecting travel and stuff, but did you have travel plans before you were going to do that you couldn't do because of COVID? Yeah, I did. So you, to 2020, I, uh, it was a big 4-0 birthday for me. And um, I'm half Italian. I actually had a month booked in Italy with my husband and kids to finally go and meet my Italian relatives um, who were all based in northern Italy, which was obviously the, the hardest impacted when COVID, you know, first kind of reared its ugly head. So very sadly, uh, we had to cancel those plans. And at the time, I said to my husband, oh, well, if we can't go to Italy, let's go to New York. <laughs> and of course, New York was then like, you know, severely impacted. And at that stage, my husband said, don't make any more suggestions. You'll jinx the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look, we it was uh, it was really sad that I had to cancel the plans because after Italy, I was actually going on to London to see some relatives on my mother's side. And then I was going on to L.A. and Dallas. So my best girlfriend since I was four lives in L.A. And I've got a lot of great friends in Dallas after, you know, work for American for two and a half years as well. So I was looking forward to, to seeing them too. But um you know, I'll, I'll get back to the States as soon as I can. I miss going. It's the longest I haven't been to the States in the past 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. We need COVID to be over. You still want to do those trips? Hopefully you can, in the swimming index. Yeah. So, well, it doesn't look like we'll be allowed to travel this half of the year in 2021 anyway, but it, it's looking positive for Australians in terms of a travel bubble with New Zealand. And so for now, I've booked a trip to New Zealand in August. So hopefully that can go ahead at least. We're taking the kids um, snowboarding, skiing, and then hiring a motorhome and driving around the South Island of New Zealand. Um, I love photography. and There's a lot of great, you know, photography opportunities around that South Island. So hopefully that goes ahead at least. And um, as soon as I can, I will get to the States um, and then we'll probably have to put Italy back for a couple of years, sadly. Um, due to my job loss. So quick question. So when I was on my trip, when I did New Zealand and Australia, it seemed like you guys didn't get along too well. So are you willing to do New <laughs> Zealand because you're like, last resort, you've got to do something? No, I mean, Aussies, Aussies and, and, and Kiwis, Aussies and Australians and New Zealanders, we, you know, we have a, we have, we really do love each other and we're so close, you know, our cultures are similar but different and um, we say they're just over the ditch, you know, um, they're over the ditch. We, we you know, a lot of Australians just joke and say they're, they're almost like another state of Australia. You know, I, I do like their Prime Minister better than ours, though. I think she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of Aussies are, are counting on that travel bubble opening up soon. <laughs> Mind you, like I said, it's not a bad place to be stuck, Australia, and we certainly have a lot of choice for domestic tourism, especially now the domestic borders are starting to open again. Um, but they also slam them shut pretty quick. We had a guest on a few weeks ago, Drew, that when we were talking about our favorite trips we've taken, and his was when him and his partner went to the South Island, New Zealand. And the pictures he sent with us so we could share, they looked beautiful. Yeah, they, yeah, so they were, it was beautiful, yeah. I hope you get to go yeah. and take those pictures because yeah, it really is pretty down there. Yeah, so do I. In the meantime, I've got another trip booked to go up to Noosa, which is in Queensland. So I'm in the state of New South Wales and Queensland is north of us, um, tropical Queensland. Their kind of tourism promotions are always kind of like perfect one day or beautiful the next or beautiful one day, perfect the next. So my mother lives up there and um, Noosa is just an amazing seaside town. Um, again, like white sands, crystal clear blue waters. I think a really glassy Miami. 
with uh, far less build up, you know. You <laughs> <laughs> say classy in Miami together. I know. <laughs> how, how far is that flight up there? Because that's still in Australia. But how, you're going from Sydney, then how, how far away is that? Sydney to Noosa is about an hour and a half, depending on the headwinds, but an hour to an hour and a half, yeah. Flying time. And then if you drive it, how long is that drive? If you were to drive, it's probably about 14. Okay. Well, 13, 13, 14 hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's like going from here to Salt Lake for us, it's Phoenix to Salt Lake. Yeah, which is too okay. long. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. too long. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you'd fly, right? <laughs> but that's, is it more tropical up there than it is because it's the north? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tropical rainforest. Um, yeah, and that's where the, the Great Barrier Reef is in, is in Queensland, far north Queensland. So Noosa, the Great Barrier Reef doesn't start as south as Noosa, it starts a little bit north, but you can you can imagine it's that kind of it's that kind of water and it's like rainforest meets the sea type stuff. Beautiful. Gonna go diving. Yeah, definitely. So that is one good thing I did last year. I got my scuba diving certificate after doing numerous kind of intro dives. So I did go to Italy. I I went hot air ballooning, which I'd always wanted to do. Um, How and was that? Yeah, it was amazing. You know, it's so gentle. You don't realize you are floating with the wind. You don't feel any wind. And the only time they they only burn the gas is when they want to go up. So most of the time it's quiet and you're like floating with the wind. So it's just so beautiful. And to see the sunrise from seven kilometers up in, and you're standing in nothing but a basket, it's pretty amazing. Your picture is really good. You got to go see them. I'll have to. Yeah. yeah. Check, were you scared of heights? So that's. I think I don't like heights, and I feel like that would freak me out. No, just don't look down. Then just look out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be really cool. And try. It was beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And I did it in the Hunt Valley, which is kind of two hours drive from Sydney. And so you're surrounded by vineyards Ooh. and hills and yeah. the sun's rising through the vines. And yeah, it was yeah, pretty special. So over our podcast, we were what, nine, ten shows in. I think we've talked about Australia and at least half of them. Someone's brought it up. Monique's talked about her trip when she was in ninth grade. And a few other people have done short little trips. So, But now we have an expert on our show. Yes. So we, we want you to share with us some things that we should do. Of course, there are certain things that you know everybody knows. The the hike bridge, is it? The opera house. Opera bridge, yep. And we, we want to do all those when we come to visit. But what else? Yeah. What else do we should we see? What else is the if you, if we were to come visit? Where would you take us? Where, where where would you show us? Well, again, it depends on how much time you all have because you know I know that you don't get as much vacation time as us. We we generally get a minimum of four weeks vacation a year, whereas I know in America you you often only get two depending on the number of years you've served with your company. So. It really does depend on the time um, that you have to come over because don't forget, it's <laughs> it's a long flight here. Um, but once you're here, the destination really is worth that distance. A lot of first-timers kind of just stick to the east coast of Australia. So they might do Sydney, they might do Melbourne, and they might do kind of that far north Queensland, Cairns and Great Barrier Reef area. Um Sydney is the unofficial capital. I mean, the actual capital is called Canberra. It's in the Australian Capital Territory. A lot of people don't realize that. They assume Sydney is the capital, but it's not. And Melbourne is, an, is the other very well-known city. So Sydney is spectacular. We have one of the most beautiful harbors in the world, obviously famous for the Sydney Harbour Bridge and Opera House. Um, and there is just – we have beautiful beaches like Bondi Beach, which is just 20 minutes from downtown Sydney. Um, you can – Go to Taronga Zoo and see a koala and a kangaroo. You can go cruising, you know, within kind of two hours. You can be in, in vineyards in the Hunter Valley or you can be down south in Jervis Bay, which Jervis Bay is a marine park and it has some of the 
whitest sand in the world and also some of the most crystal clear water because of the um, sediments. So there really is a lot to offer just in and around Sydney. However, obviously a lot of people also want to go to Melbourne and and see Melbourne. It's more of a European-style city, kind of built near the coast but with a river running through it. And then it's not far to drive down and do the Great Ocean Road, which is a famous drive along the southern coastline of, of Australia. And you see landmarks like the Twelve Apostles. That's a really beautiful thing to do. And then if you have time to fly up to Cairns, and Cairns really is the gateway to the Great Barrier Reef and to the Daintree Rainforest, which is officially the oldest rainforest in the world. And so you can access both the reef and the rainforest from Cairns as well. So if you have kind of one week and you can fit all that in, then then do that. If you've got longer, then you've also got options to fly, you know, to Uluru. So Uluru, previously known as Ayers Rock, is a huge rock in, in the heart. They call it the heart of Australia. Did Charles and Diana, do they have a famous picture by it? I think so. I think so, yeah. They've, I think they've if def- you can reference things to the royal, like the British royal family, <laughs> then the I got royal you. family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think William and Kate went there as well. But I think if it's, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, it's basically a big rock that dance in the middle almost in the middle of Australia and in the heart they call it the heart um, of Australia and there's a lot of some great museums and there's a lot of obviously it's very significant to the Aboriginals that were the original Dodians of this land and it's surrounded by national parks and yeah it's it's a really incredible rock nation to see so that's another cool thing to do and then of course there's you could you could spend a long time in australia i think a lot of americans underestimate the size the size but a a lot of americans do find new zealand and australia so if you have more time then i would probably recommend that they do that that they perhaps fly into sydney and then across to auckland see new zealand and then fly back from auckland if they can or vice versa fly into auckland and then over to australia and then home from here that kind of golden triangle so to speak but yeah it's like someone coming to the United States and being like, I want to see the United States in a week. And you're like, do it like, you know, LA, Seattle, Chicago. And they're spread apart. There's big things all over. So it's not really able. So we, yeah. yeah. From what I'm hearing is I need a month. Yeah. We need at least four weeks. So yeah. And same, same <laughs> with vacation. Australia. So, yeah. Same with Australia. And a lot of Aussies that go to the States, they kind of start with the uh, West Coast and then second trip, do the East Coast. Here it's the opposite. I think a lot of people from North America or the world, they go to Australia the first time they might do the the east coast and then the second time they do the west coast because it really is you know, a lot to take into to one trip yeah that would be a lot but that's sounds like we need to go at least they're one a year like one week a year it, yeah yeah and then next year we'll do another yeah. part of that yeah i'm down that sounds good okay, let's, plan let's do that yeah when you were with America and you would fly for business, right? And you would fly, they put you on Qantas sometimes. So you'd fly back to Dallas on the 380. And then did you say a couple times you got? Yeah. So when I was at American, I was, um, I would fly both American and Qantas for work related travel. And so I was a very regular um, passenger on the, you know, Qantas seven out of Sydney direct to Dallas Fort Worth and also Qantas eight. DFW back to Sid and that Airbus A380 flight coming back from Dallas to Sydney was the longest Airbus flight in the world, 16 and a half to 17 hours nonstop. So flying for work, my upgrade priority was pretty good. So I was so thankful every time I was in a business class seat on that flight, believe you me. <laughs> and I had my little routine, had dinner and then I admit I took a sleeping pill and knocked myself out for nine hours. Woke up in time for breakfast. But there is nothing like coming home to Australia after being away and seeing the first rays of sunlight outside of the window, watching the sky turn from night to day, 
and then landing in Sydney at sunrise. It really is. I bet, yeah. So if we do make it down to Australia, what are some things that that we need to try besides just McDonald's or KFC? (laughs) Do not eat McDonald's or KFC. (laughs) You can get those at home. Mind you, they are also quite different here. That's what I told Tyler. I said, you know, McDonald's has like a special menu for every place they are. Yeah, we do. But you follow Katie on Instagram and you'll see that she, you you eat nice places and really kind of different stuff than we. You uh, fancy and so where should we go? Yeah, well, you can buy kangaroo and crocodile in Australia. I had it. I had a kangaroo burger when I was down there at the Hard Rock. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. yeah. So we still have a Hard Rock cafe. It's in Darling Harbour. There's some really kind of old-fashioned and quintessential pubs in the Rocks area of Sydney. The Rocks area is where Sydney started. It's it's the oldest part of Sydney in terms of since the English settled here anyway. And there's some cool pubs you can get a uh, kangaroo and crocodile and emus and things like that. <laughs> but um, I mean, obviously, we're you know we're an island and we are famous for our seafood so we have things like sydney rock oysters pacific oysters we've got prawns or shrimp lobster amazing fish so if you love seafood you will not be disappointed in sydney but also we have excellent lamb so in america i found that obviously you get a lot of beef especially texas it's hard to beat how you guys cook beef but we chomp you in terms of lamb because our lamb industry and our i mean sheep exporting is one of our biggest industries and has been lamb we know how to cook lamb well so i would definitely try some lamb on the barbecue lamb cutlets if you like lamb but apart from that i mean we're a very multicultural country we have a huge asian community in australia i think a lot of uh, north americans are surprised how, with how large and broad our asian community is we are part of asia pacific so we do have a large obviously um, uh, chinese vietnamese indonesian japanese community here so you can get a lot of great asian fusion here so kind of more traditional traditional Australian English food mixed with all these different Asian cuisines. Yeah, try some Asian fusion when you're here as well. I've never tried oysters before. They kind of scare me. They seem too slimy, but... Oh, really? I think maybe I need to have someone that like knows like a good place and they say like, these are done right. Like these are good. That's what I need. Yeah. Have you done oysters? Well, I love natural oysters, but you you can get them all different styles. You might like the Kilpatrick version. They're like oysters with the, the cooked, um, finely sliced bacon on top. Oh, yeah, uh, my bacon. You yep. know, the bacon might take away the oystery taste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I can do see, like sushi. There's a few different options. When you come, I'll help you. Yeah, do for yeah. sure. That'd be fun. Sounds like we need to go out for food as much as anything. <laughs> yeah. We have a large Middle Eastern community as well in Sydney, so you can get great bab, all of, all, a lot of Middle Eastern. So once the world's open, is there any world? And maybe not even right now, but in the future, you wanna you wanna go ride camels or what? what where's your bucket list for for you? Yeah, <laughs> I've ridden camels. I did that in Dubai actually, and I also did it at Uluru in Australia. But yeah, I I would I've never been to Italy and or Spain or Croatia. So those three in terms of new destinations for me are top of the list but just as much I am far from finished with some of the national parks of the United States either so I'm busting to get to Yellowstone for example I've always wanted to go there and I'd love to see some more of South America too but yeah definitely kind of Italy Spain Croatia for me are high on the list and yeah, followed shortly thereafter by some more of more of the states because I love it so much. Well, if you show us around Sydney, we'll show you around the Yellowstone because that's pretty close to where our parents. Thank live. you, deal. And we used to go there every fall. Oh, is it? Yeah. So like we 
we got you with Yellowstone. Yeah, it's driving distance from Salt Lake where we grew up. And so, yeah, it's well, like four hours, five hour drive. Three hours. Yeah. Three and a half, four hours. Out yeah. there. So, yeah, we, we did Yellowstone all the time growing oh, up. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, wow. Like yeah, I'd love to go. <laughs> I'd also love to go to Iceland. <laughs> I'd love to go to Iceland too. Um, we can help you with that one. <laughs> I nearly, nearly non revved there one trip, but it was looking good to get there, but it was really bad to get back. And I ended up going to Utah instead, which was also beautiful into Arches. Just Iceland or Utah. <laughs> I was like, did you say Utah? <laughs> yeah, you know what it's like. You're like, where can I go from Dallas? I can go here or I can go there. <laughs> we like to end our show and leave a tip. So I'll, I'll go first. My tip would be taking from what you said, be nice to people that we work with, your coworkers on flights, because you never know when it's going to come back and, and help you because you can help them. They can help you if it's a couch to sleep on or some kind of tip from them because they're locals and they know, oh, here's a hotel. So just be nice and then do that. That's a good one. And pay it forward. In that respect, pay it forward. I've helped travelers before and I feel like Karma's then paid me back by lovely people around the world helping me. So yeah, definitely always be nice to your to the people work like they are they are a wealth knowledge but also flight socks are a definite for long-haul travel if you don't want to swell up after spending 14 plus hours non-stop on a flight depression socks yeah they're really good when you're traveling long haul and, and and doing it down the back then i'm gonna say talk to a local like you about what food you should check out when you're there so you're not just eating at mcdonald's and kfc you can actually get real local stuff yeah some oysters and thai food and all that stuff sounds amazing yeah Definitely. You know, for me, the food and the drink that you consume whilst you're away makes the experience just as much as, you know, seeing the sights because you get to, you know, you get the whole sensory experience, right? The smells, the taste, the sights as well. That's good. And we can start getting the numbers down and we can get traveling open. Yeah. We can get the jobs back so that you can able to get, I think you've told me before that you, you want to get back into the industry. So hopefully that can. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm missing the smell of jet fuel and missing traveling and, you know, missing obviously selling the aviation experience to, to corporates and to leisure as well. Leisure travelers or wholesalers or travel agents. So yeah, look, I'll be first in queue for a jab when we can. We can access them here. Looking forward to getting it and being able to travel again. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, thank you for coming on. This has been great. You've you've been like the perfect guest for what we want. We you got some funny stories, some great stories, some places that we want to go. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to, if you ever want if you want me back again, I'll be happy to come back. But thank you for inviting me. It was so nice to see you both in person and talk to you as well. Yeah, we had a tough time getting getting on because of the time difference because you're a day ahead of us, but it worked out. It was it was nice to meet you. This was really fun. Thanks for being. Yeah, on. we will have you on again. Yeah. So hopefully we can. You've got some more non nervous stories. I'm sure you do because you work for what six airlines i got a lot perfect yeah. <laughs> i got a few more up my sleep <laughs> all right thank you so much guys right, take care all right, thanks good day mate <laughs> perfect. this has been non-rev lounge thanks for joining tyler and monique you can find them on instagram and twitter by searching non-rev lounge also you can contact them at non-rev lounge podcast at gmail.com they would love to hear from you they are always looking for ideas to make their show better If you are enjoying the show, please think about leaving a review or rating so other people can find this show. Thanks for joining us. See you next week and safe travels.